space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to seek out new life and new civilization. To boldly go where no one has gone before. Oh, yeah. And welcome to episode 34 of the Geek Service. I'm your host, Ed. I'm your host, Sean. And tonight we have a resident Star Trek expert with us today, Dave Zippon. Well, let's get, let's forget. Hey, everybody. Say hi, Dave. Hi. The reason why he's here is because it's a special episode. Of Geeksters. Yes. Our it's Star the, Trek. Our Star Trek review extravaganza. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. So the plan was we all would all want today to, to, to go see uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. And so on 3D. Yes. So let's go right around the room. Ed, what'd you think of it? I liked it. It was very good. Dave, what'd you think of it? Loved it. I loved it as well. I think it was better than the first one. Okay. Personally. I don't know. So again, here at Geeksters, we uh, go spoiler free. Yeah. However, <laughs> however, thanks to Dave, <laughs> I'm just gonna put it out there. We were after the movie, we went to go out to have something at dinner, and then there, as per usual, when there's a movie of this nature, it usually brings up questions, debates, and we were lot, bringing up a lot of details. A lot of details. So it was very, very spoiler heavy kind of conversation so i'm sure the people next to us appreciated that yeah especially when we, <laughs> when we dropped a couple bombs on you know out because i gotta have to say like one of the one of the things in the movie that was one of the big shockers it was a pretty good internet secret because i didn't see that coming yeah. but we'll get to that because what we're going to do is we're this is going to be a two-part show yes in a way one we're going to have the spoiler free show which is this which yes. will be this but then we're going to end the episode, and then we're going to start another episode, the ultra-super-secret Geeksters episode, where it's going to be spoilerific, where we're going to sit down and discuss plot points and things that have happened in the movie that might be, for, basically, let me put it this way, for those people who didn't see the movie... It would ruin it for them. Don't listen to this next episode. For those people who did it, those cool kids... It's for you. It's for you guys. So <laughs> stay tuned. There's going to be back to... Not necessarily back-to-back episodes. We're going to have posted in two different things. Yeah. What episode is this now? 34. So this might be 34B? That is correct. Okay. Just like the Enterprise B. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we all know what happened to that one, though. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, so stay tuned, hang in, and again, for those people who did not see the movie that are listening to this, go out, see the movie, number one, because you'll enjoy it, yes. and number two, you get to be one of the cool kids and listen to the part B part. Yes. So so we look forward to hearing, seeing you guys later. Oh, oh and yeah. we'd love to hear your feedback, too. Oh, well, yeah, yes. obviously, we'll get you. Know. To, yeah. And we'll get to that. Yeah, all right. So, uh, so yeah, the movie was great. I mean, the cast was good. What I, what I personally liked about it was that it seemed to be like everybody had their own scene of the movie where they focused on them. Right. You obviously had the Kirk Spock you know, relationship, but then you had McCoy had his own like section of the movie where it focused it on him. Right. Same with Chekhov and Sulu and Scotty. You know, it's horror. Yeah. They all seemed to have like their moment. It wasn't just like. 
oh, it's just the three of them, or like the first movie was more Spock Kirk heavy. Right. This one seemed to kind of split it up nicely where you got to see them all working together. Right. You know, it, it right. was really, really good. And, and Abrams was a brilliant doing that in Lost, too. And he's he's yeah. continued that in Star Trek, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. being able to get everybody their moment the to movies. shine. Yeah. So let's go. Well, okay, Ed, what did you particularly like about the movie? What did I particularly like the movie? Again, spoiler free. Oh, wow. Um, I'd have to say the special effects, for and foremost, because... They really pushed the envelope in a lot of different scenes that you just couldn't see how it could happen, but it unfolded in front of you, and you're like, "It's plausible," you know. It, you know, it, it makes sense. You know, it's, you know, and it, it's a. It was a little bit more. I don't know how to say it without being spoiler free, but it, it really pushed the envelope to the point where you know you could really feel something for the characters based on what was the actions that were happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dave, what did you like about it? I like the action scenes. I won't say what kind of action, but... <laughs> That'd be for part B. Yeah. <laughs> Another great even number Star Trek movie. It's kept the tradition. Yeah, it kept the tradition of the, sec- the, the even number movie being great. Uh, How about I, you? I kind of like the, the character development on, on overall. I liked seeing them all special. My personal favorite thing, though, is, is Keith... I always forget his name. The guy who plays McCoy. Yeah. He... He does a spot on McCoy. Yeah, he really there, does. There is moments where I'm just like, he, he must channel this. He must <laughs> channel the Forrest Kelly. Because yeah. some of the lines that he was going, damn it. You know, I was like, I'm like that is so, like, he just, I could watch a two-hour movie of just McCoy. Just with him as McCoy. <laughs> I don't know, go for two hours. But, oh, I know, could. Because I just. Maybe like, you know, maybe like. 45 minutes. <laughs> you know, like, we'll, you know, focus more around, next movie, more focus around him so he has more screen time because I just loved what he did with the character and yeah. how, how, how perfectly he embodied the spirit of Bones. Yeah. I also did like that like the first movie you kind of could see like little glimpses of Chris Pine being Shatner-esque. Yeah. Uh, but this Except kind of... for the acting. Well, except for the acting, yeah. But uh, but uh, but I think that in this movie he was able, he was free to do his own thing because mm-hmm. I didn't feel like he was kind of being Kirk esque. Mm-hmm. He was being him. He was being his version of Kirk. Yeah. Like I just felt like okay, you know, maybe because he felt like he was older now because you got the you got all the critics out of the way mm-hmm. who were going to be super scrutinous about like going oh well you know Kirk way he would like talk or way he would like. Like at the very end of the first one, where he kind of crosses his legs in the captain chair, reminded me so much of Shatner. Yeah, you know. But in this one, he kind of felt like he was more him. He was his version of Kirk, yeah. which I liked. And I thought, you know, uh, Zachary Quinto, you know, again, spot on Spock. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the action was phenomenal. Special effects were great. Mm-hmm. You know, I gotta say, now I can't wait for Abrams to get his hands on Star Wars. Yeah. I just made me go. He's going to knock that out of the park. He better knock that out of the park. Like, after <laughs> <laughs> after these, yes. Yeah, after seeing, because everyone's going, I know everybody's, everybody who's sci-fi oriented sitting or watching this movie going, now do you have the Star Wars mantle? Would impress me. And again, just whew, really, really knocked it out of the I thought. Yeah, but the thing is with, with the Star Wars, the fact is they have Disney behind it. They have the whole Imagineering team. They still have the Lucas... You know, sound the Skywalker Ranch. They have all that still available sure. to them, but then they have that Disney aspect of it that could really push it f- like even further. Well, yeah, you got the money train of promotions and yeah. stuff like that. But I'm just saying, like, well, I mean, let's face it. Not like you know, not to, since you, when you talk Star Trek, you almost inadvertently have to talk Star Wars, and yeah. it just happens to be that JJ is the one. He is the one who brings balance to the sci-fi world. <laughs> so he is the new god of the geek yes. realm. <laughs> yes. 
He is the chosen one. <laughs> He's the new <laughs> Skywalker. He shall bring balance to the Star Wars Star Trek feud that has been going on for eons. <laughs> um, I, I just kind of feel like that just because as a Star Wars name, it has its own press. Yeah. I think with him involved, it adds its own press. And also, the I mean, there's no way that this... The only way that this movie will fail if it's a bunch of finger puppets going, use the force, Luke. No, you use the force. <laughs> well, I think I think with the Star Trek movies, that gives him a lot more credibility to be able to handle a Star Wars universe picture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's in a good he's in a good place where, like, I think you know, because he's, he's Luke is his consultant. You got you know Disney behind going. Sure, but I think the problem with Disney, the only problem I have with Disney is the fact that they might try to interject certain things because it's Disney. Like, I, I really truly feel like to, to revisit the Iron Man thing, I felt like the little kid aspect with somebody in Disney going, you know what this movie needs? More kids, you know? I don't know. I, I think I think at least with Episode 7, they're going to leave it alone because they know how critical it's going to be, so they're not going to be like, let's family it up, you know? So, like, because there's six movies, like, and they didn't work. It's like... Uh, no, uh, hello. And Even- it can't be worse than a village of teddy bears that helped fight the dark side. Come on. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, let's face it, the village of teddy bears really wasn't a big deal until later on. Like, at the time, you were like, oh, my God, you know, again, the whole technology versus nature kind of thing. I mean, I saw the Jacques. Besides, we were, what, 13 yeah. at the time? Right. So, like, you weren't really giving a shit about whether or not, like, oh, look, they're teddy bears. It was just like, oh, that's freaking cool. Look at them smashing logs in their heads and stuff, you know? Yeah. So I, I kind of think like it wasn't until we became adults and saw people going, "Those stupid Muppets." Well, all right, you know, because we live more in a jaded era than they did that, then. Yeah, back in '83. You know, yeah. there, you know, there was no internet to people go. You know what I didn't like? I didn't like the fact there was Muppets. <laughs> you know, now I think more people are more critical because you do have access to a social media where if somebody doesn't like it. It's just, it's the typical saying that if you like something, you tell one friend. But if you hate something, you tell everybody. You tell everybody. Yeah. You know, so I think that that's what the internet is mostly known for is that I don't like it, so I'm going to tell the world. But very few very few times do you see someone go, I love this movie and I'm telling everybody. Yeah. You know, but that's the reason why we have the show. So we can tell everybody, go see this movie. Yes. It's excellent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to get back to, get back to Star sure. Trek. Yeah. Uh, I thought the characters were real good, like I said. You know, special effects. Any, we can't do any surprises because that'll be for the next episode. Yes. So, uh, but now let's talk Star Trek overall since... Okay. Since this is supposed to be like a Star Trek episode. Episode, right. Uh, me, well, when were you introduced to Star Trek overall? Like, what was, what was your earliest memory? My first Star Trek, which actually was a movie, which was Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Uh, okay. And, uh, you know, that's when I actually was able to sit in a movie theater for two hours and not be able, not be able to go to the bathroom. Like, I could sit through two hours and, right. and yeah. actually, you know, like, go through it as a little child. So I went through a, a rash of uh, sci-fi movies, but that was, the, like, the first Star Trek movie. You know, of course, that always creeped me out, though, with the, the scene where in Khan takes the helmets and puts those the, little earwig yeah, yeah. Oh. that creeped me out as a little child but you know now I appreciate it more because it makes it, sense of the storyline it's so funny because like that I remember seeing that in the theaters and my memory of that seems to be so much more grander than it is when I actually watched the movie and yeah. I go that was it really like yeah. why did it like why was I kind of creeped out by that and I realized because I was like a third of the age you know? yeah. <laughs> it seems so super realistic yeah, yeah. To a kid, yeah. This is City Alpha 5. (laughs) (laughs) 
Volky, what about you? Okay, well, actually, when I was probably kindergarten, you know, I would watch Star Trek on the reruns, you know. To be honest with you, I preferred Space 1999. Really? I probably didn't become a Star Trek fan until the movies. Okay. Star Trek 1, I remember falling asleep in the theater, (laughs) thinking it was the most... My parents took me. Yeah. Thought it was the most boring thing ever. I still kind of do. Then my Cub Scout troop took us out to see the wrath of khan yeah and the funny thing is even though i would watch the reruns i never seen space seed with the original khan episode yeah so you know the action to a kid it didn't really matter much but i appreciated the wrath of khan much more after i seen space seed right and yeah i i became a fan of star trek of the movies uh-huh. and then when the next generation came out it became like my world now i do want to say something not to correct sean but only so i don't get a whole bunch of hate mail yeah sean introduced me as a star trek expert oh, i, I am not <laughs> oh you did that was me ed, ed introduced somebody did please don't send hate mail i am not an expert well, uh, compared, i make mistakes all com- the time compared to the three of us in the room <laughs> you're the star trek expert i'm i'm a star trek geek i watch it for mindless enjoyment and to escape reality but you're not but i am i don't Remember episode numbers or characters' names? No, I would say that, or or star dates. The right. guys who pull out star dates are the ones that kind of creep me out a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> they amaze me, really. I mean, they're the people that, you know, it's just like, because they're the huge fans of the show, and they're the ones that keep this stuff going. They keep, you know, like for us, it'd be like, oh, yeah, Star Trek's coming back, you know, we're going to watch it. Yeah, that was awesome. And then we just kind of go away because there's other things that we'll be involved in. But these guys live the life well, well, I think... that will make, you know, that keeps it going. Like, well, if there's still big fans out there, we got to still make movies for them or shows or something. we got to do something. Well, for that okay well i want to address that because for me like growing up i mean it was when i was a kid i my school was right across the street from my grandmother's uh-huh. and mm-hmm. so i used to go there for lunch every day uh-huh. so every day at lunchtime they had the original episodes on so okay. i mean so i was integrated into star trek as a kid because at lunchtime i saw every, like I, so i don't even i don't remember the you know the spacey episode okay. you know since we're both since we're talking wrath of Khan because that was when i became more of a fan as well Mm-hmm. Was that movie because as a kid you're watching okay it's it's Star Trek you know blah 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 but it wasn't until Star Wars came along you know that made me go oh this is awesome because if it wasn't for Star Wars there would have been no Star Trek the motion picture because mm-hmm. that was two years later and they went oh wait there's a there's an audience let's bring back Star Trek right. kind of thing right. so they made it into a movie and and as much as a genius Roddenberry gets for making Star Trek he was the most boring storyteller of all time because it was his idea to, for the plot of Star Trek mm-hmm. you know and it's the motion picture the motion picture mm-hmm. right. and as a kid I mean there I am nine years old watching this movie and again like you I was like <sighs> where's the lightsaber because <laughs> there was no action right. no action at all that was yeah. for your real dry technical sci-fi fans it re- reminded me of all the Star Wars the, the sci-fi movies that came before Star, Star Wars mm-hmm. where they weren't action oriented they were more plot character driven even just out in space and this was just like a <sighs> snore fest and then they had like you know the special edition which is like they added like a half hour more and it's basically just standard establishing shots of the Enterprise when you first see the Enterprise on the big screen they were like ooh we're so overly impressed with the ship that we're gonna do like 15 minutes of pan in the camera around a model yeah. you know <laughs> well I just 
speaking of Star Trek, the most picture that my memory of as a child was, of course, it was in the 80s, and it was New Year's Eve. A lesser channel wouldn't have, like, a New Year's Eve rockety right. flash or whatever kind of thing. So they would, at midnight, they would still show Star Trek, the motion picture. And as a kid, that was the only time I was allowed to stay up past midnight was for New Year's Eve. So I would watch that. But I think my parents put that on because it put me to sleep. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, and the only other memory, too, I have of the, of the original, I've seen the Star Trek motion picture, like, a a bunch more times after my initial was the bald hot chick. Yeah. Right. You know, and with the little, th- little glowy crystal, crystal thing in her throat. You know, to me, like I was like, as a kid, very rarely did you see a bald woman on screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was very alien to me in the first place. But the fact that she was hot also added like a little, like she's kind of hot and sexy, you know, granted I'm nine years old, but I didn't know exactly what to explain it until I was older going, Oh, that's why I was always so interested in her when she was on screen. Like, now I get it. <laughs> that's the only reason why I watched Star Trek The Motion Picture. Yeah. But then it wasn't until, you know, like Wrath of Khan, then I, you know, I became more of a Star Trek fan. And I think that's because Roddenberry didn't have much to do with the storylines at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to go back to a TV show episode that at the time no one really knew. Which I, and I think kind of blended real well as far as telling the backstory. But then seeing the episode was like, because at the time VCRs were real popular. Mm-hmm. Right. They actually did, they did release the, the Space Seed episode in conjunction with the Star Trek II when it came out in video as well. Like okay. I remember that time, so that you can buy that episode for like 20 bucks and see it and then rent Star Trek II to watch, you know, to get the bookend kind of feel for it. Yeah. So it was, I mean, and to me, like, that was just genius in marketing, but then again, it's Paramount just kind of going, Star Trek fans will buy anything, thunk, 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 like, printing our own money. Yeah. <clears throat> now, I, I, the only one I really remember seeing, I don't think I saw the third one in the in the theaters, the Star Trek Three: Search for Spock, yeah. the Search for Spock. <laughs> I remember seeing it on video. I did see Star Trek Four in the theaters, because to me, like, that seemed to be the more interesting story, we're going back in time, because I love the whole... Let's go back in time. Sure, you know there are. That's always fun. Yeah, and plus, that here. was a very light episode. It was very yeah. tongue in cheek humor. And again, it was eighty four. I think it was. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Eighty four. I think you're right. Yeah, it was before uh, Next Generation. I think that was eighty six. Yeah, six eighty seven. So, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I love. That's my like my all time one of my all time favorites of the original series cast. Mm-hmm. You know. And then the fifth one, I don't think, again, I don't think I saw that in the theaters. But I did see it on video. And at the time, I didn't like it. But I got to be honest, it kind of is like one of my now, one of my... Guilty pleasures? Guilty pleasures. Because it was Shatner's first time directing. It was funny. It was, And it really did focus more on the friendship between Kirk, Spock, and McCoy than anything else. Mm-hmm. And I think that where I enjoyed it. Because at the time of my life, you know, you're always with your best friends and you're hanging out. So you, you kind of get those kind of jokes that 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 camaraderie that only you can like you can look across the room at your buddy and you both crack up laughing nice. that kind of it kind of solidified that friendship for me then uh undiscovered country which was awesome awesome it was again one of my favorite okay, even movie so right <laughs> yeah that uh were you watching the same movie i know i liked it because it was it kind of it brought the clingons it really did if you're a star trek next generation fan like dave is here uh-huh. it did really kind of bridge the gap between the original series and the next generation because you never really knew how the Klingons got involved in the Federation. Yeah. And this movie kind of gave you that reason. Yeah. Because it starts off with the explosion of Kronos. Yeah. 
So you're kind of like, and they're like a dying race now. So they go out to the Federation for help. So it's like, I can see the leap from that movie to the TV show, which was already, you know, two seasons, two, three seasons in mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah, almost like four, actually. Because it was right. like the 90s, it was made, that was made. And uh, like you said, it was like 86, 87. Yeah. The next year she came into being. So it's, uh, yeah. So, I mean, for me, like, and I really, plus, I also like Christopher Plummer. So, you know, him being the bad guy, it's, you know, you don't really appreciate Shakespeare until you hear it in the original Klingon text. I'm like, dude, come on. Like, <laughs> I always found it funny with his eye patch that he has bolted into yeah. his skull. And that was pretty badass, too. That was like, that was pure Klingon. I also, too, like the, this is, again, guilty pleasure. I was also a Christian a Slater fan. Uh-huh. So, him having that little brief cameo in the movie oh, yeah. kind of made me go, that's Christian Slater. You got a blank look. You don't remember that scene, do you? Nope. Yeah, he yeah. walked in and gave the captain a message. Yeah, Captain Sulu the message. Yeah, he on walked the, in. Cause on Sulu, the Excelsior. Yeah, because Sulu was asleep. That was the thing, because I actually watched six <laughs> Thursday night, because they were running Star Trek movies on the Sci-Fi channel on Thursday, oh, okay. for preparation for the new movie. And I was like in and out, because I was also packing up for, for my adventure, and... Uh, that's when I was seeing it. So I missed that Christian Slater. Part. Right. Again, I know you've mentioned it, I think, three times since we've been yeah. talking about this. It, it's just, and it's maybe like a, not even a minute worth of screen time for Christian Slater, but I just remember him, like, he was the hot actor at the time. Yeah. So to see him in a Star Trek movie, and he was like, well, I'm, I'm a fan. Of, I'm, I grew up with these guys. Like, I remember an article, go my little Christian Slater rant, was when he did, I think it was um, Deep Rain, or was that that movie with Morgan Freeman where it was like there was like a huge rainstorm uh, I again this is going to test people's memory but uh, I'm thinking it's Deep Impact but I could be wrong no Deep Impact is the asteroid oh. this was a big giant rainstorm where Christian Slater I think was like a like Christian Slater and Morgan Freeman were working together uh-huh. or like after each other I just remember Christian Slater just going I'm in a movie with Easy Reader a guy I grew up with I was like I grew up with Morgan Freeman. He was easy reader for me too. He was the guy who helped me read. Like that's why I like Morgan Freeman will never do any wrong for me because it's like this guy helped me read as a kid. Granted, now there's apps for that, but back when we were kids, it was the Electric Factory, right? And he just kind of he was like the cool A. I'm gonna you know C is for Cookie kind of thing, and you're going yeah C is for Cookie. What up? So he'll always be easy reader to me. So it's like. <laughs> He'll always be my Black Dracula. Black Dracula? You don't remember that character in no. the Electric Company? Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I knew I Morgan guess... Freeman as Dracula well before Blackula. I, yeah. I was too young to know Blackula because it was adult oriented. Yeah. Yeah. Three. I just wanted to throw in because I didn't want to interrupt uh, Sean talking. Even though three was the weaker of the link, what I really appreciate about Star Trek two, three, and four. Is it's one continuous story? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great. That this is back when, like, you know, you didn't know they weren't signed like three or four movie picture deals like they do now. Like, you didn't mm-hmm. know what. Like, you actually had to wait, like, to see if you were going to get a sequel. Right. You know how? You, you, like, so even though we live in an era where you know it's like almost grand that any movie that does money is going to be a trilogy for some. I mean, Christ, they have a Hangover Three for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. You know, huh. a movie that you never thought would have had. You know. Two more movies, let alone, you know, make it a trilogy. Right. But, you know, the idea is that back in those days, you didn't have the internet. So it was like you saw the movie, and it was out for months, and then you didn't see it, and then it would be almost like years before you actually saw a sequel. So you're right, having it, having like two, three, and four kind of be in like this nice story arc. Right. 
You know, I, I mean, granted, three gets you know gets busted on a lot for Christopher Lloyd being a Klingon. You know, mm-hmm. oh Marty, but he was the first Klingon to to wear to have a speaking to have a speaking role wearing what the modern people consider to be a Klingon. Because right. in the old show, they didn't have that elaborate makeup. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, give me the Genesis device. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Klingon bastard, you killed my son. <laughs> Klingon bastard, you killed my son. <laughs> so then the, the next generation came along, and, and you know, now I have more of a lake for the, you know, like I've recently purchased the original series on Blu-ray mm-hmm. with the whole special effects up, redone and all that stuff. Haven't gotten into that because I'm still in season three of the next generation. Mm-hmm. But I, I really love that. That to me was like a great show. You know, probably one of the, my high points of my. TV watching career. It's <laughs> <laughs> just watching Star Trek Next Generation because of Riker. <laughs> what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm an IT. What do you do for a living? What? I watch TV. Yep. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what can I say? <laughs> That's the problem. Is like I said, I literally can look at a TV show and go, he's the bad guy. How do you know? Because he was a bad guy in this, in this, and this. <laughs> but then... uh I, I couldn't get in a Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. I, I just uh, for some reason uh, it was too dry for me. Yeah, my favorite episodes <laughs> were either the Mirror Universe ones or the time travel ones. Yeah, they always suck you in. Oh, all the only one I really did like too was to kind of link the Deep Space Nine and the original series was the Trouble with Tribbles episode. Yeah, the time travel. Yeah, I thought that was brilliantly done too because yeah. when they came out in the video, they, you could you could get both like it was like a dual pack of the original episode and then the Deep Space Nine episode. And I heard they're going to use that technology when Doctor Who does The Seven Doctors. Yeah. Where they're going to actually put David Tennant and Matt Smith into older episodes of Doctor Who. That'd be kind of good because I've been seeing a lot of promo pictures of the two of them on set talking to each other because, I mean, obviously it's in November. Yeah, that's for the 50th. That's only the two of them. Right. But they they have plans to do The Seven Doctors. That's not bad. Cool. Then came Voyager, mm-hmm. you know, and now of course during this time, you know, they also had the Star Trek Next Generation movies, which I I liked them all, you know, because I like the mm-hmm. crew. I have a lot of issues with Generations. Oh, some people do. Just your... some parts just totally well, didn't make like sense what? to me. Like like a uh, a ribbon takes you into a fantasy zone in no. your in your head. Like it's not man made; it's a natural occurrence. It would have been so much more dignified for William Shatner for his character to have died saving the Enterprise B. And well, the thing is, like, I, mean, I, I probably at this point it's probably common knowledge because that's not the ending. How Shatner gets killed isn't the original ending. The original ending is uh, Malcolm McDowell's character shoots him in the back. In the back. In the really? back. Kirk gets shot in the back and dies there on the planet instead of saving basically everybody. Wow. You know? Because that, that was the original ending, and they didn't like it, and even he was kind of like, Kirk wouldn't just get shot in the back. I mean, dude, you're just taking everything we've all done. Because he wrote, uh, I like, I have my personal love for Shatner for different reasons. Right. But he wrote two books, you know, about his life as Captain Kirk. I think it was like, uh, I read them both. And one talked about his time on Generations, like how they brought him in, how they were going to kill him off. And he wrote in the book, like the original plot was that Malcolm's character was going to be like, bang in the back and he was going to die like right there and obviously somehow still sit at the place but he was just like what no fight scene no final confrontation it was just going to be like sneak up behind and shoot Kirk in the back that's not come on I'm Kirk for God's sakes <laughs> yeah and 
there was just a lot of sloppy scenes to me in that movie. Yeah. Like, there were, sure, there were fun scenes, and there were some, like, they didn't put any explanation why they kept switching uniforms, and it felt like they snuck onto the TV set, because every time they were on the Next Generation ship, it seemed like all the lights were off. Right. Yeah. And they could have just done so much more you know and, yeah. and it just seemed like it was thrown together just to do it to me right right the only thing is with that movie the only problem i have was basically the meeting kirk and uh picard picard thank you the two of them meeting i mean i i enjoyed it because it was like that like well, you old generation versus new generation kind of thing but that's a lot of people didn't like about it because there was a lot of internet buzz at that time. That's when like internet was kind of new for everybody to get on and, and discuss things right and people were like talking about one day they would like to see the two of them meet face to face, like kind of thing. Yeah, that was always do that kind of like confrontation or, or conversation or however. And then it was all like all of a sudden generations. It was like right there, and everybody's like, "Oh, it's too early." Like you know, it's like we should you should have waited a a few movies and then did something like that. You know, but mm-hmm. I, I, mean, I said well, I enjoyed it. It's funny. Why I have I have the movies on Blu-ray, and they talk about like yeah you know, because the show was still going on while. Uh, they were doing the movie. Mm-hmm. So they literally, like, like kind of to tie in what you said, mm-hmm. that they literally, they talk about, like, uh, they did the final episode for the show. Next week, they were filming Generations. So they never really had that moment where they felt like, wow, we're kind of done this. We're like, hey, let's gear up. So they were bridging the gap between the TV show and the movie. So it was, like, really rushed, they felt like. Even, even in the interviews, they were like, to them, it was just like a giant episode, so they probably still were using the sets from the TV show. Oh, they were. They weren't even, but they weren't yet. even like lit. They, it, it was. Do you remember? It was yeah. like all dark. Yeah, you know, it was just weird. Yeah, lighting choices. You know, then uh, first contact. I I thought was pretty good. And That's right. probably my my favorite. Yeah, you know, like Jonathan it. Frakes' first movie directing, and again, thanks to the Blu-rays, they actually the cast. It was Patrick Stewart who told the studio to hire him as a director because he's already did tell parts. He did a lot of the TV shows. So they all knew how he works as a director, but when right. they were trying to find an, a director for, you know, first contact, a lot of directors were like, no, it's star Trek. I don't want to do it. Don't want to do it. So the movie almost didn't get made until Patrick Stewart was like, why don't you get freaks to do it? He's done. He's the best choice. I mean, take a chance. I mean, he's done the episodes. Mm-hmm. So why not give him the chance to do the movie? We all know how he works. We all know, you know, and, and it wound up being one of the most successful films out of the series. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I mean... And that was the first one to be PG-13, <clears throat> I believe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, because you know, yeah, cause now we're now in the era of PG-13 movies. So, yeah, you know... <clears throat> Take the kidneyness out of it and bring it to the somewhat adult audience. Yeah, like like I felt like, the, to bring it back to the new one, there were a lot more adult-oriented moments. Mm-hmm. Like, uh-huh. I think what shit was uttered three times in his movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, and it was like... Wow, like that's for a Star Trek movie. That's kind of pushing the envelope. Yeah, right. you know, yeah. I, or you know, I, again, we'll get into a spoiler part. You know, when you first get introduced to Kirk, you know, yeah. <laughs> you're just going, okay, we well, don't really see that every day. <laughs> but then again, it is Kirk, so you kind of let it slide. <laughs> so, you know, for, for those people who need to know what that is, we'll talk about it next episode. <laughs> And a bad, you know, a bad movie, Nemesis. That that just seemed like a mess thrown together. You know, hey, let's just do it to do it. And it, it, to me, it didn't work. Insurrection, I have mixed feelings about. Well, so, Insurrection was before Nemesis because Nemesis was the last one. Yes, you see, yeah. I told you I wasn't the Star Trek yeah. epi- uh, expert. <laughs> Pulling out my geek cred. Boom. Oh. 
<laughs> so maybe that's my one exception with the even ones being better, uh, because I do feel that Insurrection was better than Nemesis. Yeah, but I th- wasn't Insurrection. Uh, let's see, Generations was eight. Or was it eight? No, seven. Seven. And that was weak. First Contact was eight. Eight. So that was a good one. Yeah. Then Insurrection. Then ne- I think that was ne- yeah, Nemesis was technically the number nine. Was it the number nine? Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably you know why it wasn't a good one. Okay. Well, <laughs> anyway, because I liked Insurrection. I thought that was good. Yeah. What now? What I didn't like about it was to me it felt like a TV movie. But what I did like about it was I felt like I was watching Star Trek: The Next Generation TV show all over again. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. with with better effects, yeah. better makeup, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But so my mixed feeling is it it wasn't quite movie quality to me. But I felt like I was watching my old next generation right. again. Now the thing with Nemesis though is that a lot of people don't know is that that's the first time you see Tom Hardy, Bane from Batman. Oh right, he he Tom was the Hardy. clone of Picard. He was the clone of Picard. Yes. And that's the first time you see him and I'm, I was like Wait a second! You telling me he and I actually had to look it up. Going, son of a bitch, he was, and he was so, so skinny and scrawny, and I was like, wow, now he's being I must break you. <laughs> <laughs> when when the Enterprise goes up in flames, you have my permission to die. <laughs> Picard, I am you. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, so that's kind of like. But then when they, then after that, you didn't have. They, obviously, they didn't make a Deep Six Nine, Deep Fried Nine. Thank God. <laughs> movie. They didn't do a Voyager movie because right. they got As home. Brent Spiner calls it Star Trek Light. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I did like, I did like Voyager, f- only for Jerry Ryan. I like Joy Voyager because it was a fun show to watch. Yeah. You know, if if you watch it as a diehard Star Trek fan, you could tear it apart. Yeah. But. I mean, but the same with Enterprise. Enterprise had some great character development, but boy, does it destroy the uh, Star Trek universe and, timeline. And that's the thing is, like, I think a lot of people like were pro- think that if you're going to go back, it, the problem with a show like Enterprise, because I do agree, because I did watch a lot of those episodes. I thought the characters were great. Mm. I thought I loved Archer as a character. You know, mm-hmm. I, I thought he was great. But it did kind of like you're trying to make a movie that's supposed to be pre-Star Trek, the original series, but yet you're doing computer animation in a way where it actually looks better than the actual show from the 60s. Right. And then I think that because that was such a big problem, I think that that's when they started the whole Time Wars thing. You know, like I didn't, I kind of fell off. That's the only reason why it lasted, what, five seasons? I don't think it lasted that long. I thought it was four. I thought it was five. I think they the fans saved it for an extra year. Did they? Yeah, to kind of round yeah. off a, round off the show to kind of like, hey, look, you can't just you know don't be like the original Star Trek, right. have like a final episode, kind right? Of thing. Yeah, right. And you know, and there were faithful viewers sure. because you know, like I, the way I introduced myself in the beginning of the show, to me, Star Trek is my way of escaping reality for a time period. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, even if it's bad Star Trek, it's still better than. Most of our realities. Yeah. I'd rather watch a bad Star Trek episode than a good Law and Order episode. Right. You know? <laughs> to kind of put it in, okay. like, you know, average. I can see that point. Yeah. You know, because it is, like you said, it's escapism. It's kind of like, you know, it's fun television. I, th- I thought Enterprise was that. I just think that they kind of got too, 
I think they got too full of themselves almost in a way. Like the people who were creating Star Trek shows were like, well, we, this is a hit. This is a hit. We could throw anything at them and it'll still be a hit. And people went, whoa, slow down. <laughs> you know, it's not that good. <laughs> it not only is it not that good, but you also have legions of fans who are going to be star date oriented and go well, in the natural timeline of this Federation or, or the Star Trek universe, which you have painted brilliantly up to this point. Now you're screwing with like, what the hell are you guys doing to us? So I think mm-hmm. that's kind of what helped. I think that's what kind of ended the show in a way was that, you know, dude, you're kind of fucking with our shit. <laughs> you know, right. plus also wasn't it on like a Friday night I think or a Sunday night oh, it was, yeah, it was on a, I think yeah it was on a Friday night because I remember it was a, a time slot that I had a hard time getting to to watch it because I was doing something else at the time so it was really hard for me to faithfully yeah. watch it I think it was on Friday night because I usually have dinner with my family on Fridays and that's why I think the, it's like it was on and I'm like, I think the majority of the time that I spent watching Star Trek Enterprise was when it, they replayed it at like 2 in the morning yeah you know, because that's where I seem to be met the most vulnerable, flipping through channels, going, uh, infomercial, infomercial. Oh, Star Trek. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> that's why it's, that's when I was out of work for like nine months. That's why I watched uh, Deep Space Nine a lot because it was on like 3.30 in the morning. And when you have no job and your, your time sh- shifts and you're out up in the middle of the night. I know all about that. <laughs> and you're like half asleep. like, eh, this ain't that bad at 3.30 when I'm half asleep. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, pretty Vulcan girl. <laughs> and I, you gotta love the commercials that time of night. It's all like lawyer commercials, technical schools, and uh, Dick male bills. enhancements. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dick bills. <laughs> the pump. <laughs> Ron, why is Ron Jeremy on the board of the Enterprise? I don't care. <laughs> Look at doggy. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of how my my enterprise, you know, real early morning. It's like pretty Vulcan girl, Ron Jeremy Beagle, <laughs> and I'm waiting for Ziggy to pop up. <laughs> Did Sam leap into that body of that captain? What the hell's going on? <laughs> so uh, yeah, so now let's to then how many years go by? And then all of a sudden, JJ Abrams is like. I'm going to take a stab at Star Trek. <laughs> Had have been, wow. I think the I think Star Trek was 2010. Yeah. You yeah. know, and so it had to be a good 10 years. At least. You know, 10, 12 years before, between Nemesis and the relaunch of Star Trek, because they had nothing, really. Maybe a, a seven-year span? Like <laughs> maybe. Like three was last one? Wrong a five-year mission of no Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> I think after Insurrection, nobody wanted um, to touch it. Even Nemesis? When was Nemesis? Right. 2003? I'm thinking. That's what I was thinking, 2003. So maybe about seven years, six, seven years? Let's see how oh, quickly Sean can look let's it up. Let's find on out because uh, we have modern technology. Computer. <laughs> no, the only reason why 2003 pops in my head is part of the reason why you wanted me on the show is because I belong to Starfleet. Yeah. And I joined Starfleet in 2003, shortly after I got married. Okay. So I just missed my Star Trek club hosting the Nemesis, the National Nemesis Tour. They went to movie premieres around the country. I think it was seven different states. They went to, they were on parade floats. I really missed. You missed a really a smattering of uh, celebrations of the movie. There. That's right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So Enterprise was over in 2005 and the Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto first Star Trek was 2009. 
So four years. Four years. Yeah. So four years. Uh, I, I would, we, we were off. Okay. It almost seemed like a whole generation. And when was yeah. Nemesis? Um, I'm guessing 2003. Uh, Insurrection was eight ninety eight. Wow. Funny. Makes uh, you feel old, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Insurrection was ninety eight when it was, you went Nemesis. Yeah. Well, how come that's not on the list? They're <laughs> <laughs> trying to forget about it. I guess they are. All we right. are the aliens that need our faces to be stretched. Because we're so well that, old. well, that was Insurrection. That was Insurrection. Uh, that was Insurrection. Yeah, damn, I made fun of my own movie. No. Um, <laughs> uh, Nemesis was 2002. 2002, okay. 2002, okay. So, like, you had Star Trek Nemesis, and that was in 2002, and then 2005 was the end of Star Trek Enterprise. So you didn't really have a J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie, and for like, if you want to be technical, 2002 to 2009, did I say it was? Yeah. So seven, seven years. Seven year span. Seven year span yeah. between That's Star Trek movies. That's how I was movies. thinking about it. Like yeah. Seven years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's one of those like you go, okay. Well, I knew like at the time people were going, well, how are they going to pull this off? Like without you know, and then you hear Leonard Nimoy's in, and you're like, well, what the hell's going on? And you know, then it turns into this whole kind of. Again, I'm going to say. Whoever came up with the idea to split universes was brilliant. Because in a way, it, it relaunched the Star Trek universe. Don't get me wrong. It is brilliant what they did. But I think of it this way. It was either going to be a brilliant, bold move, or it's going to just go down in flames. Well, where Star Trek nerds would have risen up. Well, well, I think, <laughs> but I think that's the reason why they did the split universe thing, was to, to appease the Star Trek legions of fans to go this would never happen yeah because that's the only way you can make it work because it still preserved everything about the star trek the original series and in, in turn preserved next generation and all the shows afterwards yeah but then all of a sudden by this whole time thing of you know spock going back in time inadvertently kind of thing right. or just get away it, it created this whole new parallel universe. Yeah. Which is plausible considering the fact that there's episodes about the, the Dark Mirror episodes where mm-hmm. you have the evil Kirk, evil Spock. Right. So why not there be another timeline where this actually happened to them? And Star Trek people were just like, I, I, I can't argue that. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, you're right. It was a ballsy move, but I think that it worked because... No, no I was saying, I was like, I was saying, it was either going to be ballsy and successful... Or bossing, which went down in flames, where people would have been like rioting, demanding, <laughs> demanding their money back, going to Paramount, taking the buildings down. You know, <laughs> there's a riot at Paramount Studios. You ruined everything. So you see these legion of Klingon <laughs> running across the streets of Paramount. <laughs> running across the thing. You know, obviously, you're in the background. <laughs> <laughs> See them all have the thing with the big heavy ball on one side and the big battle axe kind of thing on the other, swinging at the Paramount Studio walls. <laughs> that's how I that's how I saw my Star Trek universe. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, unfortunately, it's been successful. So I, I'm happy about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I also think too, like Abrams did kind of create like the perfect cast for that for that show for that movie. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, well, again, I go back to Keith Urban or, or Keith Urban, not the not the uh, <laughs> Carl Urban. Carl Urban. I just think that he was just brilliant in the first. One. I was like, man, he was great. They all just seemed to fit what they were trying to go well, for. I think, I think the because the really. Be honest with you. There's the three main memorable characters, of course, is Spock, uh, Captain Kirk, and 
uh, Bones. So Spock and Bones, them basically playing the identical characters of the original show, I think really well did well. But then, of course, you had the Uhura, Chekhov, Sulu. Yeah, but Simon Pegg as as Scotty was just brilliant. I yeah, mean, I, you yeah. know. That, the, I think Chekhov's that, a little bit of a weak link. Chekhov, yeah. Chekhov, yeah. Yeah, but I'm saying it's it's a completely different spin of the original how it would have been. Right. You know, kind of thing. But there were still lovable characters that you felt comfortable with, that you were like, okay, I can go on the journey with Bones and, and Spock, but then these other characters are adding a new flavor to the, to well, the movie. And also, too, like if you were a fan of Sulu... In the first movie, you, you, oh my, yeah, yeah, but you, you knew that he was. If you're a fan of the original series, you knew he was a fencer. So him pulling out that sword was like makes sense. Yeah, right. you know, it was just like all right, and he's you know. But the problem is, I had a, when I heard he was the guy who was cast, I was like, all I know him from is the milf dude from American Pie, and the star and Kumar, right? yeah, and how Kumar. I'm like, you're getting basically a comedy guy to kind of do Sulu? Like, what, what are you doing? Because I was, that's the only one I was really nervous about. Yeah. You know? And I thought, what's your face? Um, Zoe it. Sanders? Zoe. No, not Zoe Sanders. It's uh, Zoe something. But it is Zoe. Yeah. She, not only is she super hot, you know. Yeah. But she's just, woo, like, just really, really good in that role. And, and she brings a strength to that I think horror kind of lacked in the show. Because it was still the 60s, and she was still kind of like the, the female role. Like, I, I saw something on the internet today about them talking about the the movie, mm-hmm. the, the new one, and how like there were still, the girls weren't really portrayed as, you know, they were still kind of like fluff pieces. And I'm going, did you see the same movie? Because there was a couple scenes with the horror that were really powerful and really emotional, and, and it points kind of like, you know, she helped the crew, like really spotlight her. I'm going... I don't think that person saw the same movie as I did. Right. right. You know? Yeah. It's just Zoe Saldana. Saldana. I know it was an S word. I yeah. Oh, she's so, so cute. I just want to take her home and keep her. <laughs> so, and now we've, now we've kind of gone full circle. We're back to the new movie, which we've already talked about in the beginning of the episode. Yeah. So Earl, uh, during that conversation, you mentioned, of course, joining Starfleet in the conversation. Can mm-hmm. you give us a little bit more, uh, talk about that a little bit more? And- sure. Well, Starfleet is uh, the world's largest uh, Star Trek fan club. Okay. It's not just Star Trek anymore. It's all things sci-fi. But oh, okay. it's structured after the star trek world okay if you want to find out more about it visit their website at sfi.org yep and there's it's broken up into chapters there's virtual chapters online there's local chapters that you can go to meetings i belong to the philadelphia local chapter the uss sovereign okay and please uh check us out on facebook and through through the uss sovereign or sfi.org you can um Definitely find out more about the club. We do activities, a lot of charity events. Uh, we, of course, go see uh, science fiction right. shows. My club, uh, I mentioned we, well, I say we loosely because I wasn't a member yet, but we did the national tour for Nemesis. Yeah. Uh, a little bit on a smaller scale, just this past weekend, my club hosted the premiere in Richmond, Virginia. Oh, okay. And if you go on uh, USS Sovereign's Facebook page, you can see some pictures and read up a little bit about it. Right, right. So, so now, just to kind of clarify, the SFU.org. SFI. SFI.org. What is it? SFO? SFU. Ooh, what the hell was that? <laughs> Shit, the, fuck you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> the SFI.org, that is kind of like the international 
starting point. That's the international starting so point. So you could find your local, like if, if you, let's say you're in local Norway, chopper, like you're in Norway, there's probably a Norway branch, you know, that meet locally for you. Or if you're in Germany, there's like a Germany branch. This is kind of like your starting point if you're interested in joining up like a, like a star fleet to find fellow Star Trek fans as yourself. Yes, you know? exactly. And, then and we go to conventions and... And, you know, some people live in odd places where they're just far away from everything. Well, there's also virtual chapters. Oh, okay. You so, can join where you, it's all online so interaction. So a small town or village that doesn't have a capacity of... Or, of, or if you live, like, in like in uh, Missouri and your neighbor's, like, 14 miles away. Right. Right. You know, but, yeah, you're, you're the only one in the house with your whole Star Trek universe. Right. And you don't know who to talk to, you go to sfi.org and you can find somebody else that you can bond with yes that sounds like yeah now when you joined how i mean like you signed up obviously online yes right and then like you know i get I me mean, going through star trek universe you started out what as a cadet or um you you start off as, as a crewman a crewman okay which is if you go with the pips uh no pips at all no pips at all it's basically starfleet's version <laughs> your pipless it's starfleet's version of the janitor <laughs> <laughs> and take this toothbrush and brush the outside of the enterprise <laughs> Son of a bitch! I'm seeing the stars. <laughs> to, to go up in rank, there, there's different ways to do it. How much participation you do? You now, I've, I've been if a member. Swallow. <laughs> I've, I've been a member since 2003. I'm only a lieutenant. Okay. Honestly, not putting um, out the blue knot. Huh? I don't. <laughs> I don't get. I don't get to go to the meetings too much. Okay. Um, well, as you guys know, I also do acting. Yes. So when I'm not working, I'm either doing something with my wife or acting. So I really don't participate with the club the way I should be. Right. But because I love Star Trek so much, I still want to be a part of it. Okay. And plus, I get their cool newspaper every other month called the Communique. So anyway, but the more uh, activities, charity events you do, participations, you could be put up in consideration for rank promotion. And they also, SFI.org also has Starfleet Academy. And uh, that also will greatly help you, especially if you want to get more of like a leader role. Now, myself, I actually, it's, uh, you know, crewman, ensign, uh, lieutenant, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, the lieutenant junior grade and then lieutenant. Right. I actually jumped from ensign to lieutenant. Okay. I had a question. Yeah. The whole Starfleet Academy part, like... No, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, I just want to correct myself because I don't <laughs> want my own members to write me and correct me. I'm sorry. I jumped from crewman right to uh, lieutenant junior grade. Um, I was never an ensign. Okay. And because my wife know. felt some sort of way about that because she had to become an ensign first. Now, uh, now was, <laughs> but, was that because you went through the academy? No, actually, I just passed my first academy course about six months ago. So you could do the academy courses at any point. You don't have to do that right away. You don't have to do that right away. And for the low-ranking stuff, it's really it's more participation. And Okay. okay. Now, yeah. now, this is where my, now I'm going to get kind of detail-oriented here because now I'm fascinated. <laughs> <laughs> This Starfleet Academy that you're talking about is it like uh, like studying or is it just kind of like a like a pop culture quiz on it's Star Trek? Kind of, it's kind of like a, a big online open book test. Okay, um, but it's it's not as easy as it sounds because okay. a lot of the questions 
are well the first the, the test I took. Now don't don't give any questions because you might no, be no, violating no. you know the no I would I would never do that. The 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 test I took I didn't think I'd be talking about the test or I would have brought the name of it. It was like uh ba- it was basically the basic officers training okay. exam. The questions were hard to find online, yeah. but they guided you where to look. Okay. The the next test that I I, I have to take if I ever want to. Uh, assist in medical. Okay. Um, I can't be second in command in any of the departments until I pass this next test. And I, I apologize to my club that I haven't taken the test yet. But <laughs> that one is more, you you better know your stuff. Because okay. it's it's a little bit from the handbook, a little bit from online, a little bit from your Star Trek knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm making Sean laugh. Um <laughs> And then there's there's tests no. that have nothing to do with Star Trek. Like if if you want to learn something medical, yeah. there's basic uh, medical exams or whatever whatever your hobby is. And if you're a member of Starfleet and you have a trade and you work with the people in the academics, mm-hmm. you could actually come up with a course yourself. Okay. Okay, I'm just going to go on the record and say I'm not laughing at Dave. I'm laughing at the fact, the process of that, how detail-oriented it is because you're talking about medical things. It's not like you're going to be like in the middle of a situation, God forbid, something hor- horrific sends, and you're to kick in the door and go, stand back, I'm a Starfleet medical officer. Like, right, right. <laughs> but, but at the same time, if, if you're if you're at a convention, you're you're supposed to be head of medical, and you don't know if, if somebody in your club is like allergic to something and they just fell over you and next to a you know in the restaurant and it's like oh shit maybe this person just ate peanuts like if if you don't have a general not like it's not like they ask for personal information but but as as they they want to know like they want to know so they can help you if if you do run into a problem so as so like but you don't of course don't have to tell no i'm saying i mean I'm, i'm like i said to go back like so if you were let's say taking the test to be a medical officer you would would you be required or would you do it more voluntarily to go okay well who's allergic to what in this group so I'm saying you have to know each person's habits and, and basically and they keep it in the file yeah, okay. you know and th- this is what the sovereign does i can't speak for all of starfleet i don't know how all of starfleet does okay. it you know and it's it's just volunteer like hey do you have do you have any medical issues or allergies or whatever well, well, you that know should be kind of good to know anyway i mean if you're in a group of people that's going to be traveling from place right. to right if you're 500 miles away at a convention or hosting a movie premiere yeah and somebody falls over and you're calling an ambulance well it's good. It's good to for the group to right. know. Hey, while I'm calling the ambulance, tell them you better bring epinephrine or something. Right. right. There's a peanut allergy because you know, and that's kind of like a, it's it's kind of like some people would say kind of crazy, but also in a way kind of good because you would be like like you said. Let's say you, like you have your local chapter in Philadelphia here that you're, you're the USS Sovereign, but what if you guys do like a road trip to like you know California? Right. There's not going to be a family member that you can call to say, "Hey, this is what's going on." You got to kind of assess the situation as you're going. So maybe in a way, it is kind of almost genius that you have it. Even if you don't know what the rest of Starfleet does, mm. it actually sounds like a pretty good policy that your club is doing just for general purposes. Right. You know, it, and it also does bring more camaraderie to it. You kind of know, like, oh, you know. Don't put, don't give, don't give Dave a Reese's peanut butter cup because he's allergic to peanuts, kind of thing. Right now, 
I'm, I don't want to put you on the spot because I know if your club listens to us, they might be uh-huh. asking you 101 questions. But how far would you like to go with that? Are, are you thinking about going into the medical well, section of it? Since well, this is this is what happened. We have we have a um, uh, a real doctor is okay. is our doc. Oh, okay, oh, okay. that's and, kind of convenient. <laughs> and uh, he's he's like me, where he he works a lot of weekends. He doesn't get to go to as much stuff as he would like to just same as my situation right and gee i guess it was almost a year ago now i guess it was last june july they said dave would you like to be second in command of medical i'm, I'm part of communications you right. know you know you write a new an article for the newsletter once in a while you you or the the leader of communications not me would Make sure everyone's phone number and emails are up to date. Okay, you know stuff like that. General, that would be communication, kind of like general club information. So, so right. you could branch out to other, like say, like like if I wanted to go into engineering, I would right. Take so course. I'm a yellow. Sh- well, next generation it would be a yellow shirt. I guess the old show it would be red shirt. Right. But I consider myself a yellow shirt since I'm a TNG fan. Right. <laughs> but they want my club. And, and and again, I apologize because I just I, I I heard things about the test and I don't want to commit to it until I know I could 100% put the time to it right. because I heard people were tearing their hair out over it. Really? It's not all like I said. Not all the tests are are this hard, but this is the officers training. Yeah. So anyway, Doc wanted a second command in medical, yeah. which we never really had before. Right. And they said, Dave, would you like to do it? And I was like, no, I really don't. <laughs> would you want to be my, damn it, Dave, would you be my nurse chapel to my bones? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then, you know, I, I kind of jokingly said, no, I don't. I said, look, I said, I can't even make it to meetings. Like, you know, how in the hell do you want me to be part of medical? And they're like, well, even if you do stuff online, like keep in touch with certain things or, you know, whatever it will just right. be a help to doc yeah so i reluctantly said yes so everything was great and dandy until some people said dave cannot be second in command of medical because he didn't take these two exams right oh okay. bureaucratic red tape no matter where you go yeah right. so <laughs> that kind of i'm thinking geez you know i'm joining this fan club just for the fun of it and now they're giving me work to do no <laughs> not only that but apparently apparently nobody else wants the job and you're reluctantly went into it so okay no you can't because you didn't take the test right i'm the only one who said not do it like <laughs> right and, that, and that's another thing i mean i've been out of college for a while i, I really no. hate tests the last, thing, <laughs> last thing you did to do is bury your nose into a medical book but i i, I did get a 100 percent in the first exam there you go there you go now, could you get study aids for the tests? Like uh, study aid, study aids? No, like, but like they, they they t- they 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 point you in the right direction. Okay, but it's 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 work doing the research, right? Uh, and oh, well, I imagine it is with Star Trek. I mean, I right? You, you know, and, and if you're not, you're I don't. Not I forget if you have to get a seventy or seventy-five to pass, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like between. Let's face it. I'm I'm not really looking forward to taking it. And the fact that I, I really hate taking tests. Yeah. And the fact that I work a lot. Yeah. I just, yeah. I, it's just a bad combo. <laughs> so I, I apologize to my club because I reluctantly said yes. Yeah. But it's just like, I'm, I'm just afraid to take it I'm, and fail. I'm going to go from the outside perspective and go, dude, cut the guy some slack. No one else wants the gig. Give it to him. <laughs> Let him take, he got 100 on the one test. 
should be enough in my book. It's not like, you know, there's going to be a rash of sickness with green babes around the place. And they go, we need a doc. Stat, and the only person here is Dave. Who <laughs> works with dead people. Right. So it's like, come well, on. He's not moving. And I'd be like, seems normal to me. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I see it. That's it. But, you know, but we also have a ship counselor. Okay. Um, doc, I just don't get it. You want me to take the test? But no one else wants the job. Do I really need to take the test? What the hell? You know, or and, Doc, I'm having problems. I, I I just can't seem to sleep at night. I, you know, <laughs> I'm having these weird dreams. <laughs> um, we also have uh, Jay, who's uh, head of our security, okay. and and like I said, we Starfleet has branched beyond Star Trek. It's okay. sci-fi, right. fantasy, jet in general. So we have some shipmates that are not what you would consider to be sci-fi-ish or Star Trek-y at all. <laughs> I, I'm a Jedi. <laughs> no, I, no, actually, I do believe no Jedi's allowed. I do believe we have we've had Star Star Wars uh, personas oh, in really? the past. Yeah. Tainted the bloodline. Tainted the bloodline. Because <laughs> um, you've got to remember, we we are like we are a general sci-fi club, right? It's, it's it's all about you know having the same common goal, like same right. common flavors. Everyone likes sci-fi, so let's all talk about yeah, sci-fi. Nice acceptance, like for our, everybody. Yeah. yeah, our uh, our head of security. Uh, before I talk about his persona, which I, I don't think he would mind since, you know, he, he's head of our security. Right. But uh, unfortunately, a couple uh, shore leaves ago, which is a big convention in the East Coast, a, a, I think it was a girl, a drunk girl, uh, snuck behind the rope after hours. We have, Every year we had a huge uh, Stargate, which Ed has seen. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's phenomenal. Um, I how you guys designed that. That was great. And this girl... Being a jackass, hopped over the chairs and rope. Right. Went up on the stage. How with, could get transported? <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> she falls I back. Just, I just go to the stocky. How, how did he get home? How did this guy get back to my place? I, I know I'm fine. <sighs> she she basically broke its spine. Um, she really? fell she fell into it and holy smokes. Yeah. Um, the base and the the, the circular part. Yep. Granted, I mean, Sean's never seen it. Of course, our audience that doesn't really go through Star Trek conventions haven't seen it. This is a lifetime. You've seen the show Stargate. The, uh, the, the original show? was the movie. 24. The, yeah, the, the movie TV show prop, I yeah. believe, is 24 feet high. Yeah. Because of the limitations of the ceiling, the, of the yeah. ceiling ours, I believe, was 16 and a half feet high. Jeez. But I mean, Pretty like, darn close. That's, that's a big... That's, that's insane. It's, a, it's pretty much life-size. That's big to, for a pet project. <laughs> right. For, for a project. And it, I mean, it was beautiful. I mean, it, like you could just say, you could put that in the TV show and the movie and it would have worked. It would have right. fit yeah. right and, in. And it we've was, altered it the, a couple the times. and everything. I mean, it was it was just phenomenal. It was the lighting. And, I mean, they did a great job on it. And to, for, me, for somebody to break the spine on that, yeah. Uh, oh man, did, 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 didn't did they catch the girl? Or I, I do believe she was caught, and you know she was. It, it wasn't an act of vandalism. It was a. It was a stupid. It was act stupidity. Of stupidity. stupidity. Her yeah. I said, get home, and now I can't get home. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, our our head of security would have been the one who would have talked to the hotel security. 
Okay. Um, if anybody needed to make a police report, that that would have been basically his job. Like it sounds funny because most of the time, the things he does is more role play. Yeah. Right. You know. I mean, he he will do like a, a monthly check in, which I always forget to do. Um, but we're, you know, we're like, let's say every Friday, if you remember to email him just to say, hey, I'm still around, everything's okay or whatever. Yeah. I always forget to do that. But they, I'm the ghost of the ship. <laughs> so, wait, so what is, what, is, what is technically what is technically your title? Uh, right now, lieutenant. So, and the, uh, right now, lieutenant um, Dave Sitbon. Lieutenant Dave Sitbon. And so be like, because my my persona, I just kept my name. I, gotcha. I saw no go. point. In, many of our uh, members personas have fictional, very Star Trekky sounding names. Gotcha. Okay. I just want to be Dave Sipon. Of now, the future, can't, can't get much short track than that, really. But my I mean, thing is, Dave, uh, Lieutenant Dave Sipon reporting for duty, sir. I'm just checking in. Everything's all clear on the... All things all clear on the medical front. Talk to you later. Right. Word. So, <laughs> so right now, I'm, I'm in... Sipon out. I'm in limbo between communications and... Medical. And medical. Okay. Can you talk about the uh, the Star Trek communique letter? You get one every, once, every other month, you said it was? I, it's, it usually comes out, yeah, about five, six times a year. I mean, year. like, can you say what's in there? Or oh, yeah, sure, for... sure. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, acti- it's activities that the local clubs have done. Okay. And they share... Uh, pictures you know one or more of the members write an article and submit it Mm -hmm. Uh, they talk about conventions coming up different companies uh, put their advertisements in there so if you want like a little star trek souvenir model uh, a movie quality uniform whatever there's there's advertisements so there's companies out there that do that and they promote their their advertising in that newsletter for star trek fans to get more of it we we could put an ad in the paper listen to geeksters there you go. You sure you go. could. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then you know, there, there's a uh, just different different sections all about fleet and what's what's going on. That's um, interesting. Like stuff that's coming up. And then the in the back, area. you can read about promotions. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a section where you could read the updated list what uh, mm-hmm. Starfleet Academy has to offer. Okay. And which people to contact depending on what subject you're. You want to take a test in. Okay. Now, uh, did how do you? Like you said, people can submit articles. Like, is is it very hard to get in there, or is it? Uh... Um, I, it, it it's not too bad. I, I, join it? <laughs> I wrote I wrote three articles, and Did you? two of my articles got submitted, submitted, wow. and and printed. I should say, wow, printed. that's because all three got submitted. Because yeah. the the third one was more of a Spock uh, Kirk fan fiction eroticism so, kind of thing that it, they said, no, that's not no, part no, of it. No. <laughs> so actually, for me, uh, my articles have been easier to publish in the communique yeah. than in my actual locals newsletters. Because <laughs> I wrote a boat a bunch for uh, the the Sovereign's newsletter, and only a like a fistful have actually been printed for the local. Wow, really. But I, I just wanted, I was talking, I, I was just leading into the different characters. Yeah. And, uh, you know, our shenanigans kind of took me off subject. Yes. But I was talking about our head of security. And the reason why I was started to talk about him was just to give you an idea how unique Sovereign is compared to the other ships. We have very non-Star Trek-y personas. Right. Our head of security, for example, is a werewolf. And uh, he has different... A werewolf. A werewolf. Wow. Werewolf. Their yeah, castle, well. <laughs> their phaser, their transporter room. Sorry. What are you doing? I thought you were the play. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just went young Frankenstein. I'm just... <laughs> so he um, has he has a couple different stages in his stories. Oh, and he has a really cool 
furry outfit, by the way. Does he? Complete with a movie, uh, like a Shatner movie type of uh, uniform. Really? Yeah. Wow, that must have done a lot of work. Did he, he make it himself? Or? No, he uh, he paid good money some well, company. either way, I mean, still, you but, know, that's uh, great. But his persona, like his costume is limited to the costume, but his persona, he's he formed from a human to a walking werewolf that okay. you see, like, you know, like American Werewolf in London type of werewolf. Yeah, yeah. Then he could turn into full wolf. Okay. And his final formation is a prehistoric wolf. Really? Where it's like a supersized, giant, muscular wolf. Okay. And uh, I've seen one of his friends drew pictures, and it's, yeah. it's quite impressive. Oh, okay. Um, and then, you know, we have a vampire on our ship. Really? Yeah. What's, what's the vampire do on the ship? Oh, I I, Is she... <laughs> blood drive. <laughs> the blood drive. That's good. Uh, um, I don't know if she still is, but for a time she was our first officer after Sonny stepped down. Uh, okay. She might still be, but then again, I'm wondering if Doc is. Uh, we we've had a couple changes the past couple uh, years, and yeah. because I I maybe make one meeting a year, I I am really out of the loop with that. Wow. Oh, see now there goes my question because about your your head of security who's a werewolf. I have to say though before you go on though, out of out of anybody who's kind of secure, I mean, werewolf would be up there with Klingon. I mean, you know, like you want somebody like that kind of strong <coughs> kind right. of oh, persona, and, you know? and Doc Doc's uh persona is Klingon. Really? Yes. Okay. And he has an awesome Klingon. That outfit. is an interesting uh, perspective for uh, for a doctor, for a medical doctor on a uh, Federation ship. Okay, well, so my question is, is that the guy whose persona is a werewolf, uh-huh. when he's in full werewolf mode, does he just send his dog in? <laughs> I mean, I just don't... I mean, how, like, have you ever been there for any of the stages of the werewolf part. No, because that's more on paper. Okay. Gotcha. Like our personas are more on paper. Like, you know, sometimes on So it's kinda of, so it's kinda of like a backstory. It's kinda of like a backstory. So you so. just kinda of, but he's just he just kinda of walks in and be he's just himself not not himself, but he kinda of role plays his character. He'll role play his so, character. Like he's got a growl down that he so, he does once in a while. Well okay, well that that's okay. I mean I that's understandable. But I'm I mean the the parts where he's the the wolf form, does he not show up to the meetings because as like a, oh he must be in he must be out prowling or, or whatever he, his persona is that he does as a werewolf. I think, I think a better question for that would be, can he control his changing abilities from one... That's a good point, because I'm thinking full moons. I'm right. thinking it's, old school It's werewolf. been years since I read Jay's uh, persona. Okay. I don't know if he can change at will or if it... I think he can change at will. I think he's more of like a... Um, a changeling? A, a, a shape-shifter? Shape a shift change, yeah. Okay. okay. But... But I don't want to 100% say because it has been a couple of years since I read it. Because, again, that would just make sense because I can't, you know, again, that phase of the moon where he's a dog, he just doesn't show up or or he walks in with his dog. I mean, you can't address him. You actually have to talk to the dog kind of thing. Right. You know, that's where my, like, my head's going, well, if you're going to be into it, like, how far into your persona do you fall into, especially if it's a character of that nature where you change Right, because I mean, there's there are different personas. I mean, there's a standard like the old horror movies where they can't control that. Like the Lon Chaney Junior, right. where you know he's again with he's because I, I can just see Lon Chaney as the werewolf, but in a Starfleet uniform kind yeah. of thing. You know, like where he's still, but he can still talk and still do his his, his activities. Mm-hmm. But then when he changes into the full wolf form or the prehistoric werewolf part or prehistoric wolf, 
does he not show up because it's like a change, a phase change, or is it just kind of like today I'm going to snap? You need me to track somebody. I go in the full wolf mode to go after somebody. Yeah, right. right. And 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 Jay is actually one of the few people that has written stories for the club, uh-huh. and he's incorporated that a little bit more. All right, okay. Where, I mean, you know, I haven't written anything since I wrote up my persona. I mean, it's a very thin line between, like, you know, like the role play cosplay aspect of the of your club. Mm-hmm. But that sounds doesn't sound like you're limited to you being humanoid in feature because, which I think is is interesting and original. It's not like everyone's like a Starfleet uniform. Everyone's a Starfleet officer or cadet or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But you have your Klingon, you know, doc. Mm-hmm. But then you have your your werewolfian head of security. But I, you know, it's not like, like I said, it's not, they're all humanoid figure, but if you could actually change into something, it kind of adds more, a little bit more of a depth to your, your persona rather than just being the hairy guy in the Starfleet uniform. Right. And then, you know, and then it's my, my captain's very good at doing this. Like, I'll just say, oh, I'm going on vacation for the weekend. But my captain's very good at, oh, we're planning an away mission. You know, like, sh- she'll use terminology so it feels like we're actually doing something, something on the ship, right. you know? I'm sending Lieutenant Dave Sipon on shore leave. He will be away on planet hawaii for two weeks kind of thing right yeah <laughs> something like now that now you said you've written a persona what was your persona for the uh my my persona was my well ed knows my my mother remarried when i was very young yeah so uh my my persona was basically my father got killed who my real father was not killed i just never i don't know him yeah uh my father got killed and my mother and i were basically uh, saved and the uh, thanks Ed for putting me on the spot. I would have freshened up looking at my impersona, and uh, I thought he would have come prepared. <laughs> I, I thought we were going to talk more about the movie than my persona, but um, that's they, him. I was perfectly fine with just just being lieutenant. To, but lieutenant it was Dave It was around <laughs> the time when my friend Stewart went to Arizona. Yeah, so I incorporated him basically uh, disappearing, and I. I I, I was inspired uh, by the help I got from Starfleet yeah. to search search him out, kind of. Okay. And th- that, that's basically it. I also wrote a... Ed's laughing at me. That's okay, Ed. I, I should have... I'll, I'll have to email it to you, but I, yeah. I, I do have it. <laughs> you got to remember, I wrote this in 2003, <laughs> and I probably haven't read it since 2004. My favorite moment. Oh, so, no. <laughs> no, that's all right. Just kind of like, uh, actually, it wasn't gonna be no. I just put my hand up. I was just like, cause I'm trying to stop him. I was like, well, you send it to me. I'll, I'll definitely post it on our. On our no, you uh, don't have Facebook. to. Trust me. Okay. When you lose it back, you did say no. <laughs> just, no, 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 that's all right. No, no, no. That's. I guess my subconscious took over. But... <laughs> so. Uh... <laughs> All right, I'm sorry about that. Uh, but let's uh, okay. So we'll move on to um, how many people are, in, are in the, on the Sovereign crew? Can you give me a rough idea? Uh, there, I would say there's about twenty of us now. Oh, that's great. You know, no, I mean, um, and I guess some they... have been with Sovereign for mo- Sovereign's about 
25 years old now, just really? about. Yeah, give really? or take. And, um, and is there any crew members that have been here for the whole 25 years? Not for the whole 25, but there's some that are very close. Okay. Like, you know, over 20 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And head of security, Jay, is actually one of them. That's, oh, that's like, great. Well, you would consider, like, one of the original members. Okay. One of the original crew. Yeah. OG crew. OG. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. I think that's going to wrap up our Star Trek episode. What do you think? Sure. (laughs) If you say so, Ed, you are the tech guy. (laughs) And if you want to contact Sean and uh, let him know what you think, contact Sean at wordswithgeeks.com. And if you want to contact Ed, you can go to ed at wordswithgeeks.com. Or you can go to our Facebook page, Geeksters, and like us. And if you know that the red shirt means death, you might be a geekster.